If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. title of my message today is, It's All About Faith. It's every bit about faith. Let's look at the verse. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek after him. The 11th chapter of Hebrews has been called by many, many folks over the years the roll call of faith. For some reason or another, uh, all of these names are put into God's word in chronological order because of the tremendous witness that they have had not only in their day, but in every day that has followed. Uh, Many men and and many women, great of faith, are mentioned in this chapter. The arrangement of the chapter shows faith demonstrated during times of persecution, of suffering, and even of martyrdom. During all of these, these folks in Hebrews 11 served Almighty God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Have you ever been to an art gallery? I've been to one or two in my life. Some of the most awful paintings are in there. I mean awful, not just a little bit bad. I mean real bad, terrible. Uh, You know, some crazy people pay thousands of dollars for those awful paintings. And some people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for those horrible paintings. I think Norman Rockwell and Thomas Kincaid are the best artists in the world. I like them. I like them a lot. They, you know, you can tell welling within them is uh, faith in our Lord, and we're thankful for that. Uh, I think most of Picasso's stuff is just terrible. If somebody gave me one of those pictures, I would try and sell it as soon as I could to get it out of my house. But you know what? It doesn't really matter what I think. It doesn't matter at all what I think. I am not the official appraiser. You know, uh, when the Lord looks at us, Guess who the official appraiser of men is? It's the Lord. Do you know what he likes? Do you know what makes it a good scene to him? If the person has great faith. That's what he likes. That's your entree to the Lord. That you would have great faith. If a person has great faith, God thinks very, very highly of that individual. If a person attempts just to do that which is in his own power, God doesn't think much of that. He just doesn't, that doesn't impress him at all. All the people mentioned in Hebrews 11 demonstrated great faith. They are special people to God. Those that draw near to God in each generation are people that believe that God exists. And secondly, they believe that God will reward those who seek him. 
Now, I want to deal with a theological issue with you this morning um, that maybe some of you won't agree with, but everybody has the option of being wrong. (laughs) So uh, we're going to look at this, and uh, I hope it will be helpful. Some of us have been taught that we are most spiritual when we think of the rewards of our faith. I'm sorry, we never think of the rewards of our faith. Now, some are, have been taught to think that goodness brings its own reward. In a sense, to a small degree, that is true. But the writer of the Hebrews says that those who draw near to God must believe. And two things are listed. Number one. Not only that they believe that God exists, but also that he rewards those that seek him. That's very important. To practice goodness for goodness sake may be commendable, but it may also be an egocentric philosophy which embraces human pride. It's like saying, I don't need the blessings of God. I can earn my own blessings. I can make my own blessings come to me. Some people may practice that approach, but it is poor, poor theology. Hebrews 11 says that God, it's God, not doesn't mention anybody else, doesn't mention us. It says God is the rewarder. Of faith. When people demonstrated faith in this chapter, they were blessed, and God's platform, God's program moved forward. That's when it moved. God told Abraham to father a nation when Abraham didn't have any sons, and his wife Sarah was past the age to bear children. God told Abraham his offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Now, I don't know how many of you are eschatological freaks, and uh, you think about that all the time. Uh, I want you to think about that verse. You know, uh, the Lord says that Abraham's descendants are going to be more numerous than the stars. Now, think about that for a minute. You know how many stars there are? There's a whole bunch of them. And I think that says something about the length of time here on earth that we will know. Sarah was in her mid-70s. She didn't believe God could do what he said he wanted to do. She just didn't believe it. So she decided that uh, she would build a family in a different way. She brought her handmaid in to Abraham. Ishmael was born to Hagar the next year. Sarah's action said that she had no faith whatsoever in God, in what God said or in what God wanted. She just didn't believe it. Her belief about God was limited by her own own human reason. 
You know, so many of us have been brought up in a scientific era. And we want to put everything to the scientific test. And faith doesn't fit into the scientific test. It's a different area. It's a different sphere, totally. This act of unbelief was very, very costly. Ishmael caused Abraham and Sarah much grief in their older years. Ishmael and his descendants lived in hostility toward Isaac and toward the Jewish people, and they have done that continuously from that day to today. And even today, if you were to go to Israel, you would find these two groups fighting each other. It has never ended. What you do reveals what you believe about God. It's not what you say. It's what you do. Sarah's actions showed that she had no faith. Thankfully, that situation changed. The faith of Sarah and Abraham grew. And it grew tremendously. And God eventually rewarded them for their great faith. Moses had the faith to deliver the children of God from Egypt. He got them all together and got them out of there. Now think about that. How in the world could that happen? The Egyptians were everywhere. The guards were everywhere. How could that happen? It was a miracle of God. He led them across the Red Sea. Moses said, come on. And here the water is building up on both sides. And they walked through the middle of the Red Sea on dry ground. They just walked through. Now how could that happen? That doesn't measure up to human reason. How in the world could that possibly happen? It couldn't. Unless you would have the great faith that Moses had. And he had it. Well, you know what else he did? One of the most interesting things in the Bible, I think, is he took his staff and hit a rock. And all the water that the whole nation of Israel needed came out of that rock. Isn't that unbelievable? It is unbelievable. But he had great faith. And that happened. Gideon had the faith to defeat the giant Midianite army. He just had 300 men, and they defeated them. Uh, They went out against the giant Midianite army, and uh, they were victorious. Jesus told the disciples to feed the multitudes and to make disciples of all the people of all the nations of the world. Well, you know what's happened? The Christian people of every generation have been doing that, From that time forward, even until today. None of those things were humanly possible that I've just mentioned. Those things happened as God's people demonstrated great faith. And God rewarded their faith. God rewarded. Obedience reveals faith in God. Disobedience indicates a lack of faith. Of faith in God. 
Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know what else is true? If a church corporately doesn't have great faith in God, God is disappointed in that church. You know, I'm, I'm so proud of our church. We stepped out on faith. And we built this new building. We didn't know if that was going to work out. But we prayed about it and we did it. I tell you, I believe it made the Lord smile. I really do. We stepped out on faith. Joshua did a crazy thing by human standards. He told his whole army to walk around a walled city, the city of Jericho. So they all got in a line. They walked around Jericho. And seven priests blew seven trumpets. They did that for six days in a row. And then, uh, can you imagine what the people on top of that wall were saying? They're saying, we're really afraid of those trumpets. You you people out there, you're crazy. You people are all crazy. This is a, a wall city. These walls are five feet thick. Of stone. There's no way that you're getting in here. You know, archaeologists have uh, said that this wall was very, very, very substantial. I read uh, one book that said it was between four and five feet wide. Very, very strong wall. Uh, Well... On the seventh day, the people of God walked around seven times, not one time. And the priests blew the trumpets again. And the people on the wall were looking down at this. They were kind of dingling their uh, legs over the side and laughing and saying, Boy, we're still really afraid of those trumpets. Well, on the seventh day, Joshua screamed out to the people, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. And all these people, they heard that. And they're laughing. They're cutting up. They're thinking, this is just hilarious. Well, in just a minute or two, a strange thing happened. Those walls began to shake. These walls that were so strong that nothing could penetrate. They began to shake. And then they shook a little more, and then a little bit more. And then those guys that were sitting up on top of the walls, they thought, you know, we better get off this wall. This isn't looking good. And so they got off the wall. You know what happened? The walls fell down. They fell down. And the people of God took the city. Well... There comes a crisis point in all of our lives when we either believe or we don't believe. When we either have great faith or we have no faith. There's a turning point in our lives, if you will. We have to decide if we believe in God. Now, Joshua put it all on the line. He had them do all these different things. Now, what if that hadn't worked? What if that hadn't happened? What if the walls hadn't fallen? He would have been disgraced for forever, the rest of his life. But he had this really, really strong faith in God, 
and he carried through exactly what God told him to do and what God said would happen, happened right in front of everybody. Now, how we respond to that uh, turning point in our lives, decide whether we're going to walk with God and we're going to give him the credit for the blessings in our life, whether we're going to praise him and follow him and try and go by his plan, or if we are going to do what we want to do and follow our plans in our strength. The vast majority of Americans today follow their own plans. And they move ahead in their own strength. And then they're just amazed when so many of the things that they're doing fail. Just horrendous failure. And they can't imagine why this has happened to them. Some people are very fortunate. They have two or three times in their life when they have an opportunity to have faith in God and to move in a Godward direction and to follow God all the way through their life. God gives them another chance. What about you? Have you been given a second chance, maybe a third chance? Has God already given you a chance or two to respond to him in faith? And you didn't. You said, well, you know, there's going to be another Sunday. When you face a crisis of belief, what you do next reveals what you're all about in this grouping of people of faith, whether you're in that group or not in that group. Billy Graham and Cliff Barrows were dear, dear friends for years and years and years. What do you think... uh, would happen if Billy Graham walked up to Cliff Barrows and said, you know, I just love you. We've worked together for a long time. You've been faithful to everything that we're doing, and and you've just been great. You've helped us in in a wonderful way so many times. But you know, Cliff, there's just one thing. I can't believe anything that you say. How do you think Cliff Barrows would respond to that? Well, uh... That's exactly the way some people treat God. They say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you made the earth and the sky. I believe you made the rocks and the hills. I believe in you. But I just can't believe your word. Your word has so many things in it. The Bible is just full of stuff that no sound thinking person could possibly believe. I don't believe it. I think you're great. I think you've done a lot of great things. But I don't believe in your word. Well, how would that go? In order to please God, you must believe him. God's word and God are inseparable. They go together. There are a lot of storms in our world today, the storm of unbelief, the storm of materialism, secularism, moral degeneracy, international difficulties. You know, you look anyway from where we are, and there are all kinds of troubles brewing all over the world, all around the world. 
There's so many people that are killing civilians and enjoying it, trying to kill as many as they possibly can. There are so many people that are trying to steal our identities and steal our nation's secrets. There are so many things that are going on that are so terrible, and it's all around us. It's all around us. And then, of course, there are storms in our personal lives. The storm of temptation, the storm of confusion, the storm of difficulty. All of us have faced that. We've had at a certain time, certain place in our lives where it just seemed like everything kind of fell down. And everything that we were working on went wrong. And everything that we said turned out to be wrong. And some of our friends left us. Some of our family passed away. Just everything was wrong. Great, great difficulty. Some people have left behind the teachings of a godly parent or a godly grandparent. They've just left that behind. Some people have neglected the church. They have neglected their daily Bible reading. They have neglected their daily prayers. They're busy people. That's what they say. We're, you know, we're busy. We got stuff to do. We have deadlines to meet. We can't do all that stuff. Some people have broken away from the moral moorings that have held them for a long time. And now they're adrift. And they're way out there in the middle of the storm. Our international problems are reflections of personal problems. There will be no peace in the world until individuals have peace in their hearts. Do you think Putin has peace in his hearts? He is just, just dying to take over some more countries over there. But he knows that if he does that in certain ways, that we bomb him. So he doesn't do it. He, he does it in more, in more uh, civil kind of ways. He just infiltrates it and then takes over. A world structure based upon peace cannot be built when there is bitterness on every hand, when there is hatred at every corner, where there is jealousy in every human heart, where there is pride and envy and immorality running rampant in our society. As long as there is one city who hates, as long as there is one city that has great prejudices, as long as there is one town that is filled with greed, we are all in danger of our world exploding right in front of us. Man has five physical senses. We can see, hear, smell, <laughs> we can taste and we can touch. We can do those five. Well, we have five uh, bodily parts. We have eyes, ears, nose, mouth, and hands. But man is more than a body, more than the things that I've just mentioned. He is a living soul. Your body's going to die. I'd bet on that. But your soul lives on. And that soul has a sixth sense. The ability to believe. The ability to have great faith. Not little bitty faith. Great faith. 
The Bible teaches that faith is the only approach that we have to God. It's the only way to get there. Verse 6 says, anyone who comes to God must believe that God exists and that God rewards those who earnestly seek after him. Faith pleases God more than anything. This morning, I've been trying to kind of aim to this point in the service. This morning, I want to ask you a real personal question. Don't raise your hand or say yes or anything. Like that. But do you have faith? Do you have great faith in God? Do you have faith? Really? Do you have faith? Or does your human reason supersede it? Well, perhaps in the house today there are one or two or ten that uh, that want to have great faith. You've tried human reason, that didn't do very well. So you want to try great faith. Well, the way we do that in our church is we have an invitation. We invite people to come and place their faith and their trust and their hope in our Lord. And as you do that, you could be one of those in Hebrews 11 as you would demonstrate great faith. This morning, we're going to sing a hymn. I'm going to stand down here at the front if you'd like to trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or if you'd like to come and join our church, you've been visiting for a good period of time, you'd like to be a part of this family, we'd love to have you. The doors of the church are wide open. We hope and pray that you'll come today and take a strong stand for our Lord. Let's stand again.